0: All right, Hardianers, Uh Today we are joined by Robbie Tedeschi and Corey White, couple of our favourite guests, uh, aka
1: Johnny Depstein and <laughs> Edward
0: Snowdenflake. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it! It got deep. It was a very good episode. What did we talk about, guys? Uh, we about
2: vaccine mandates. We talked about the state of the world, Donald Trump. You know, like the this, this, this. Looming conflict between the uh, United States and China over Taiwan. Yeah. Um, auctioning off our jizz. Auctioning jizz, you
0: know. Yeah. Um, and obviously Delby wasn't here. And it was, uh, for those of you guys watching at home, I don't know how that's going to go on YouTube. or Jamal was fucking back and forth like a, uh, I don't know what I'm going to call him there. So, <laughs> But he was back and forth pretty quickly.
2: <laughs> back and forth like a Sherpa.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So hopefully that's visually pretty good as well. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Good episode. Um, yeah, let's get hard. Welcome to Hard Yarns
2: Podcast. I am fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Chris White says, please <laughs>
3: disregard it. 5D is actually a state of It's a unity
1: consciousness. That was Hard Yarns with me, Frankie so I'm going to throw it over to your
2: co-hosts. Daniel Jelby. And Cameron Brand. And I would do this and then I'd gong. <laughs> Free in attendance. For the millions listening at home. <laughs> Let's get home.
0: First episode without um, Delby. This is pretty strange. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm, no, I'm sitting in Delby's spot. I feel like I'm stepping in his grave. As the back support. <laughs> it's actually kind of... <laughs> it's nice. I don't know what he's complaining about. I think it's pretty good. And then Jamal's going to chime in from time to time. But I thought, what an opportunity to, without Delby (laughs) butting in every fucking two seconds, get two of our most popular guests on, uh, Robbie Tedeschi and Corey White. um, And we genuinely got uh, quite a few messages about things they want to know about. But it's such a perfect timing as well with what's going on in the world, the state of the world. Mm. Um, (laughs) And I see you roll your eyes already, but I wanted to start specifically on what you shared last night because that post by McGowan was the most laughable thing I've ever seen.
1: It's fucking breathtaking, the hypocrisy. Um, I just don't really have the words to describe it. It's like, how can he be so tone deaf, so immune to the irony and the hypocrisy of amending or strengthening the protections in the Equal Opportunity Act, <laughs> drumming on about diversity and discrimination and vilification. It's like, what? Weren't you cunts calling us playgrats? Yeah, Not that so long ago.
0: This is a. Uh, what, what did they say? It was a. Is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, that was Dan that, Andrews.
1: Yeah, uh, Mark McGowan said the virus hunts the unvaccinated. <laughs> Even if you're out in the middle of the desert, the virus will find you.
0: Oh yeah. Um, and haven't we seen recently who was the? Who was the health minister that just came out and said it doesn't really... Oh, that was
1: the Victorian Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton. He's just like, yeah, look, we uh, are admitting It's not so effective at uh,
2: stopping transmission, I believe. Not so. The the phrase or something. So all
0: those those people were saying, like, my body, my choice, and they were saying you've got to protect other people. You're doing it for other people. Well, then now we can clearly see it didn't help other people. Mm. It helped you, perhaps? No. Um, I don't even know if that's... Um, One thing I got frustrated really.
1: with was like this idea that you're killing my nana, you know. <laughs> so, well, fuck. Maybe your nana's looking at your life and that's her legacy, and she <laughs> wants to get the fucking Rona. Maybe we're doing her a favour, but no, like it just didn't even happen. What a disappointing pandemic, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was going to make housing affordable, but all it's done is make it more unaffordable.
0: Yeah, yeah. The whole thing's been uh, pretty. Shitty, I reckon. Uh, even we've seen um, – I've seen those uh, – was it – I can't remember who it was. It might have been the CDC were forced to release the f- the figures for the uh, the booster shot and uh, they only released from 49 upwards, ages 49 and up or 50 and upwards yep. to show the efficacy of the, the booster shot and then they were forced through the Freedom of Information Act to, to release uh, eighteen ages to 18 to 49 and it was – very low uptake it was it, it was almost at zero efficacy didn't it didn't yeah. help at all. It helped for maybe twelve days or something like that so
1: ridiculous like oh. I said back in January mate it's a battle of natural immunity versus James Heard morality. Why is and that
0: <laughs> oh sorry, keep calm.
1: well, I mean, this was all done in a huge rush, and people who were like no, no, let's just let this emphasize the precautionary principle here because when of We ever gotten mistake or made a mistake on a very large scale as humans? Yeah, Um, been utterly vindicated, and now every day you flick through the news, it's like what causes heart attacks today? (laughs) Uh, It's cold water. (laughs) We've seen solar storms. We've seen warm water. Yeah, Uh, we've seen afternoon napping apparently causes heart attacks, which has spent the fucking Spaniards into a tailspin. Oh, Um, just waiting for critical thinking to be
0: a. Cause as well oh. Oh, At some point Next thinking, it's going to be podcast. hard. Yeah, it's podcasts. It's
1: going to be White men on podcasts Cause heart attacks
0: Yeah Yeah 100% uh, I've I seen um, Even Fauci's being protected By like who Can interview him um, I think it was Kim Someone from the Hill She was basically told She can't Interview him Because she's going to ask him pressing questions um, And so she quit She started her own stuff Her own podcast and
2: Good on her Because that's what the, the job of the media Is supposed to be mm. Is to ask these Difficult probing questions, especially with the way everything's panned out. I'm not sure if you remember, but I can't remember what the, the exact messaging was. But when the vaccines first came out, what was it? Were they saying that it totally stops transmission or it greatly reduces transmission? Because whatever the narrative was around that, which was, you know, we need to stop the spread, that's been pretty much categorically disproven now that it's being vaccinated is going to stop the spread and therefore yeah, yeah, protect yeah. people who are more vulnerable. I think, if anything, it's sort of highlighted that if you were in one of those vulnerable groups maybe it was the right thing to do for yourself. Yes. But all of the other people who were being sort of, you know, browbeaten or, you know, like morally, like, postured over to do, to do it, did it actually do anything? 100%. Was it effective? You know, mm-hmm. how much protection did it really afford? And I think that's a, you know, I know Corey's very you know, very angry about this, this lack of sort of, you know, acknowledgement of... Of what's happened. Of the, the, the shifting narrative and stuff like this, but... You know, I think it's, it's it's good that we've got a platform here that we can, you know, talk about it somewhere like here and, um, you know, people can think about those things because I think it's... The, the amount of time that this pandemic's been ongoing and how often the messaging's changed, it's, it's fucking really difficult to actually have a coherent narrative in your own mind about how it actually even evolved and mm. stuff like that. You know, it's something I wouldn't mind going back and looking into is how the, the messaging from the various health authorities in different places, you know, changed yeah. um, over the course of the last, you know, two years or so, but, you know, it's definitely... Feeling more and more vindicated day by day. A hundred percent. hundred
0: percent. Just uh, point that, mic a bit more in your direction. Sorry. There you go. There we go. Get nice,
1: clear audio. Yeah, well, this is really the high end of the unvaccinated sperm market. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Jutland parade of jizz right now. And let's, let's assume the worst case scenario that there is going to be a fertility crisis, some children of men style chaos, mm-hmm. and we have to
2: repopulate the world. Look, I've never had a messiah complex, but I'm sort of keen about the idea of recreating the world in my own oh. image, one wank at a time. <laughs> oh,
1: the reign yeah. of the short kings, and you know, you can get a taller one if you like, and a mid-sized one if you want. But
0: you know, get in on the ground floor is all I say, ladies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, for me, I, I, I've been pretty, I've been pretty quiet with my, my status. Um, Specifically, because I just don't want the judgment, and I don't want people. Yeah, I don't same. want it to affect the conversation. If I say I'm vaccinated, people will think I'm coming from one area. If I say I'm unvaccinated, they're coming from another way. If they don't know, and I'm just saying what I think, it's a, it's a more of a raw, real, um, uh, or it, it, it doesn't put people on edge straight away. It doesn't give them automatic feelings about what you're going to say. So if I was to say I was unvaccinated and start brooking shit about the vaccine, they're going to say I's oh, an anti vaxxer but if I if people don't know my status straight away, it's a bit more of a neutral playing ground, I, I think.
2: Yeah, no, look for sure, for but for sure,
0: but yeah, uh, but uh, mate, that's, there's so many things that have been going on. I like, I'm loving watching. Um, is it uh, Ron, who's the DeSantis? P- no, no, no <laughs> yeah, Ron DeSantis. Um, but no, uh, the, the senator that keeps really having a massive dip at Anthony Fauci.
2: Think. Was he using his like, um, like parliamentary privilege in the United States to, so you get to your, do it. You get yeah. your
0: question time. Yeah, it's so funny. Like he'll never answer yes or no. Like he wanted to know about um, plead to fifth. <laughs> no, he wanted to know about certain things. Like specifically, if he res- received royalties um, from Pfizer and and from these. Sort- and, a and he's great like, question. Instead of saying no, he just said those sorts of things are private um, and it's not disclosed. So why do not you just say no? It doesn't fill you with confidence, does it? Not that at he's, um, all.
2: Um, That there's not some sort of you know like payola scheme going on there. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that whole... Yeah, the whole
0: states is pretty fucked at the moment. Oh, even the raid. Did well, <laughs> oh, look, man. this is, that, is, is, that is that the, the death knell
1: <laughs> of a... That, that was the Rubicon moment. That has guaranteed another civil war in that country, in my view. Yeah. To politicise the FBI in that way... Um, and i got clued into this reading Matt Tyraby's blog... Funnily enough, there was a comment left by a Trump supporter mm-hmm. who was referring to uh, Thucydides' book about the history of the Peloponnesian Wars um, and the quote being along the lines of political defeat of an enemy is enough. When you go after him through the law uh, and use the courts to penalise him after a political defeat, it creates sympathy for the victim. Yeah, um, And way to create sympathy for someone like Donald Trump <laughs> uh, and that country so polarised that... They're two groups that see um, the institutions have been hijacked. That There's no dialogue between each other. The ex- results of the November 22 midterms I don't think are going to be accepted. No, nah, uh, not at the all. The November 24 election it's certainly not going to be accepted. No, no matter who wins, yeah. both sides are going to say
2: it was rigged. Yep. Well, the Republicans uh, are looking pretty good for the midterms, aren't they? Oh, dude, I, yeah, they were going to come in strong. But,
1: you know, there's going to be allegations of fraud. And, you know, fuck they're all up to it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and this is what I was saying to Jamal before. Trump's not the answer. He's not the the greatest. He's not the he's not this savior that uh, I guess the Q people sort of think or anything like that. But he's definitely challenging the the mainstream narrative, and he's challenging. he's 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 trying to. It seems like I don't think he's got bad intentions. I think he genuinely thinks he's draining the swamp. I think he genuinely thinks he's seen the inside of the of the bad shit, and he's been involved and been involved in the bad shit and the corrupt stuff. And he's gone. This is not. I'm gonna try my best
1: I think he's a fake populist I, Is think, he? I think I think mean, he was like you know like a good comic does he read the room mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he knew that what people were angry about and he played to it and every time he'd go to a rally he'd go that bit worked and then he'd take it to another town and build yeah, it yeah. up and by the time you've done 20 engagements over three states mm-hmm. you've got a new hour of material mm-hmm. you know and it's like the journalistic class in America couldn't fucking understand. The Trump phenomenon—they confuse
2: symptom with cause. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon that he, the reason he's successful is because he uses quite plain language in the, in the way that he speaks? Yeah, he doesn't so, speak so, you like, know, like No, he doesn't speak like a politician. He uses yeah. very basic language, and especially in circumstances where like the whole you know electorate has felt sold out by both mm. of the major parties, they've got someone at least speaking in basic language. It gives this sort of you know appeal or this sort of image that. I'm just talking straight. You know, I'm different to these guys. I don't think that he is. I'm with Corey. I think that he's a uh, an opportunistic populist as yep. well. But I think the most frustrating thing about the whole Trump thing is, is that everyone just gets tunnel vision on it. Like that whole American, you know, democratic system is broken, like mm. totally broken. And Trump's a symptom of that broken system. But all we want to focus on is Trump because of his personality. It's yeah. like you know, whenever he's running for president, it's just like all we've got is. You know, um, the apprentice, you know, presidential edition. Yeah. And um it's just a big, you know, popularity or like personality contest. And it just distracts from mm-hmm. the, a wide array of issues which are afflicting that country and leading it to no longer be the global hegemon that it once was.
0: Yeah. Instead of focusing on why Trump is in power or how he got in, like, focus on, yeah, what was the cause? Why? What? What? Resulted in the reason that people felt like they needed to vote for someone like Trump, felt like they needed to vote for someone like Clive Palmer, felt like they needed to vote for these people who were—they're not great themselves, but they seem like the lot more, more likable option when it comes to comparing them to like a Joe Biden or a Hillary Clinton. Who else do you like pointing out the the, the hypocrisy in what they're doing and what they're saying and the the things that they're not fulfilling, like Barack Obama, painted as this, <laughs> like. I don't know this angel of the fucking of the political world. I don't. He's he's painted as this savior almost of the United States, and and I, you can see they're sort of gearing up for Michelle Obama to, I guess, maybe be the challenge instead of Biden, or or that's how it looks like it's playing out. But he was he was just as bad as Bush, if anything. He, like, was, he worse. was worse. Yeah. He was worse. much worse.
2: He expanded the drone wars. Yeah. Like, epically. He was a constitutional lawyer who like sort of presided over the um the destruction of habeas corpus that's the right to be actually charged with something so you can't be indefinitely Mm. detained um at the pleasure of the state because what's going to happen if you have no habeas corpus is whoever's an annoying pain in the ass to the states is going to be whisked away to some you know lock up somewhere and Never let out again, and that's a massive, massive, you know, betrayal of a fundamental, um, you know, sort of like pillar of the ju- of the judicial system mm-hmm. and of our democracy. So, you know, Obama, very eloquent, he's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful face for 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 the empire, but when um, you go look through his presidential record, especially what what he delivered relative to what he promised, mm. it was uh, fascism with a black face and. Good speaking skills. Can you imagine how nuts the states are going to go for um, Michelle Obama if she does run? Though it'll be like you know this, the glass ceiling stuff will be back, and um- she's
0: their only chance. I think when it when we come, we are talking about a popularity contest, and Hillary is. So far gone There's no chance What about
1: AOC? Did you see her (laughs) fucking fake arrest stunt the other day? No Walking behind So she's at some like Roe v. Raid rally Yeah And the police are leading her away And she puts her hands behind her back As if she's (laughs) being cuffed And then as she's being led away She thinks the cameras are not looking at her She's like To the crowd Oh my god And it's like hang on Yeah the level of theatrics that goes on How can
2: you think that there's not a camera on you ever? Yeah, in this day and age, especially if you've got the profile of someone like her, even for ordinary people like us, like mm. yeah, <laughs> there's a camera around you at all times and sitting in someone's pocket constantly.
0: Yeah, it it does seem pretty strange. What do you think is going to happen in these midterms coming up? Because it's pointing pretty heavily towards it, and again, we talk about a popularity contest, but it's pointing pretty heavily towards a Republican domination, which I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't think uh, any domination
2: is good. <laughs> well, it depends, I suppose, what the the legislative agenda is. You know, because if you've got a, like a truly reform based sort of administration, then if you've got those majorities, you can really start pushing through a reform based um, you know agenda. But I'm not sure that yeah, I'm that's not sure. what's going to happen. No. You know, um if anything, if if the Republicans take over the or get the balance of power in in Congress, mm. they're just gonna they'll just roadblock. Democratic legislation, unless it's
1: appropriations for the Ukrainians. (laughs) There's some bipartisanship on the table
2: still. Don't worry about that. That's because Lockheed Martin and Raytheon have, you know, funded both parties, you know, up to the hilt. So they're going to make sure that this is the thing
1: about that country, right? It ceased to be a democracy a long time ago. It's been a democracy in name only, and it's been given the illusion of being a democracy. And what moral credibility the United States had left it is completely evaporated mm. everyone can say that this is a country run by vested interest for vested interest uh and pff, you, you see some of the footage on the ground
2: in that country the homeless problem oh do. have you seen the 10 City? Ah. yeah it's 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 crazy man it's phenomenal
0: it's it, it it does show pretty again this probably sounds like very much trump was great trump was great that's probably how it's sounding like i'm I'm coming across. But it shows the, the positive actions that he put in place in regards to the economy, the tensions easing um, internationally with certain countries and, and the things that I think he did pretty well. It shows it doesn't matter who gets into power, how quickly it can be undone by the next...
2: Oh, yeah, big time.
0: So you could you could have, feasibly, for the next three or four terms, a really good president who does makes really good changes and then get one guy who's... or Women, women, or fucking whatever you want to identify as these days, you can get them <laughs> in charge, and they can just undo everything that was good, which shows the system's broken anyway. Which that that's it doesn't matter how good you do as a president; four years later, someone else going to step in. Or yeah, could step I don't in. think
1: you know things should ever be set in stone and unable to be changed. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's the uh, the trade-off of democracy, right? I mean, you have the ability to change things, and sometimes the change might not go the way you want. I always find it amusing when the Chinese compare their system to the Americans, though. It's like, in in China, the government doesn't change, but the policy does. <laughs> Whereas in America,
2: the government changes, but the policies don't, you know? Yes. And it's a
1: very fucking compelling argument.
2: Mm. You sort of got to admire the Chinese, though, as well, because they've sort of mastered that, like, democratic doublespeak. Like, they're mm. a shameless authoritarian regime, but when mm. you look at a lot of their, like, you know, like, press releases or, like, public statements about you know, political events and things like that. It's almost like quite, you know, sort of like liberal democratic language, you know, speaking about, you know, cooperation and all of these things. So it's like, you know, I think it's a great sort of example of, of doublespeak.
4: Mm.
1: The Chinese are running rings around us, bro. And it's like, at least the Chinese are upfront about who they are. Yeah. You know, like...
2: But they're not in, in, well, in a sense, well, you know. Well, like, yeah, but China's know.
1: not claiming to be a liberal democracy, we claim to be a liberal democracy with free speech protections and we'd love to lecture them about the Uyghurs <laughs> and Hong Kong and whatever fucking skullduggery they get up to in the South China Sea. Oh, you guys are pulled out of international treaties. <laughs> 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 Look in the mirror, you cunts. Yeah. Like, yeah. The gall. The
0: gall. It just yeah, well, infuriates me. I guess it's a, it's a perfect example if, of that raid. If that raid was to happen in China, the it would be like oh, it's a dictator using their powers to shut down a political future opposition, but it's in America, it's like, oh, we're exercising our, the, the the rule of law. You yeah. know, the, the, the rule of law is above no one. That's what they're saying.
2: Well, it highlights the danger of when you abandon a principle in order to get somebody that you think is bad, but in order to do so, you have to violate a principle that's important. You know, it's mm. a very, very slippery slope, and that's sort of what's happening with Trump. But I think with this whole raid and this attempt to... You know, impeach him or you know, get him charged criminally, so he can't run again. Yeah, it's it's pumping his tires up 100% again. You it know, is. like I reckon it's going to blow back and you know, blow blow up in their faces again because, um, it lends <laughs> credence again to that anti-establishment sort of um, platform that he ran on the first time. Yeah. Um. So I think that it's a it's a it's a dangerous game to be playing. They better make sure that this shit sticks. Yeah. Because if it doesn't. Well, nothing,
0: nothing has stuck.
1: Now, what they're going for is that he's retained some sort of official record from his time yep. in the White House, mm-hmm. and if you have done that, then you're precluded from running for office ever again. So it's like a yeah. way of stopping him from uh, ever going for uh, presidency again. What I can't understand is the political naivety of the Democrats and the Department of Justice in doing this. Mm. Like, surely there's some smart fellas or ladies in there who understand the consequences of getting this wrong and what it's going to look like. This desperation. To energise the other side. Um, And it makes you wonder, is this by default or is this by design? Is this level of incompetence uh, around us everywhere? Is that what we're governed by or is it actually something more sinister? Mm. I don't know.
0: I've said this a fair few times on the on the podcast. I, it seems everything that's happening at the moment seems so outrageously ridiculous and and stupid. That it feels like it is by design. It's, right. set it's set choreographed. This, it's like it's it's made to create division, confusion,
2: like chaos. Just a big spectacle as well. That's what it feels it's like. like, like. Sell sell newspapers. Well, and that's what the Get whole views. Roe v. Wade decision felt like too.
1: You know, like uh, that's that, exactly my how body, my choice. And you know, like the feminists got upset about um, the pro-choice. Crowd appropriating that slogan, yeah. But then it got you know, Roe v. Wade came around, and it's like, ah, my body, my choice. Like, and not being able to see mm. the contradiction in that principle. Yes, we know that slogan was developed by feminists and abortion activists. We get that. No mm. one's saying that's not you know your principle that you came up with. But it, the applicability of it to another issue, people don't see. Mm the congruity of that. Yeah, their uh, argument... It blows my mind. Their and, argument
0: you know, seems to be, seems to be, uh, my, my choice doesn't affect others. That's what they're... Does it How says. do
1: you know that? Your kid might grow up fucking, get radicalised on TikTok, join a right-wing militia and then come and fucking start lynching people who think differently. But
0: we now see that my choice or your choice or anyone else's choice to not get vaccinated doesn't affect others now. Not yet. They haven't, still haven't come up with a vaccine that seems to stop the spread. It stops – it can help you, like you said earlier. It seems like the vaccine has helped you as a person. I I, I can see those stats, that the deaths and the hospitalisation rates seem to have lowered a little. Um, so there has to have been some impact there, but individually. It doesn't stop me from giving it to you, which was the whole argument. That's their whole argument, my body, my choice – my, my your choice is going to affect me.
2: I just think the frustrating thing with the whole Rowan Wade thing is that there's a real misunderstanding, I think, about what's actually happened. Like, realistically, what's occurred is, is that the Supreme Court of the United States has made a decision which is the oldest sort of, you know, like constitutional issue in the book. Is the power to um, make federal legislation about abortions um, enshrined in the Constitution, or is that a states based right? This has always been the friction between yep. federal law. And state law, and they didn't. All they said was, "Is that there's nothing explicitly in the Constitution which allows us to make this law? It's a state-based thing." So they haven't effectively, you know, outlawed Anything. abortion. Mm. They're just saying it's up to each individual state, which it's
1: opened the door for the certain states that are, you know, guns and abortion heavy. Though, yeah, it has,
2: it has but I'm not sure that there's been a like a, a flurry of legislative, you know, change in those, you know, red states to, um, you know, outlaw abortion. It's going to, in many ways, it's it's, it's a difficult thing. Cause I think that it would make sense to have one universal law in every country to deal with mm. abortions. Otherwise, we're going to have, especially in a country like the United States, you have 50 different jurisdictions that are going to have different laws about when you can and cannot get an abortion and at what stage you can get an abortion. So it makes sense for there to be um, a universal law. But I think that you know, according to the current Supreme Court's make up. there would need to be a constitutional amendment to make it incredibly clear that that's a power that the federal government um, actually has, or the federal legislature, I should say, actually has. So,
0: And generally, what we're seeing, I, th- I think, and we've said it before, is we're seeing a civil war play out in front of our eyes. Just war is very different these days. Like a war, in, in essence, I guess, is to create, uh, was to grab power and, to, and shut down opposition that you feel is oppressing others. Well, basically, that's what they're sort of doing within their own systems now in the in United States. Just they're not killing people; they're not putting soldiers in the streets. They're doing it through propaganda, and they're it's just information warfare. Yeah, it absolutely. Is, it's a, it is a civil war at, at this stage. It, if, but globally, like every country is divided in certain ways. Australia, we're the same. Like we had the vax versus no vax. We had the, you know, we had the. You still had conversations and arguments about Roe v. Wade, and that's an American thing. We're in Australia. Isn't it funny how much an
1: American issue can really take root here, though? I mean, it's like we're the 51st state. I mean, mm. the effect that that had on women um, here, you know, you go, oh, my God, our rights are under attack. Like, well, <laughs> you don't live in the US. Like, sorry, I get it. And I understand. And it's been mm. a bad six months for, for women. Mm. Um, you know, we had Amber Heard. Ruining the Me Too movement for them all. Yeah. Then Roe v. Wade. Like, I understand, women are angry, um, but just don't forget what country you live in. Mm. God, I sound like. Do I sound like I hate women? <laughs> I don't. I don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Something else happening, and, and you'll have some pretty good opinions on this, especially considering you just got to not speak to him, but you got to see him do a live Zoom call to all the oh, universities. Zelensky. <laughs> um, man. What what so what was that about? I don't understand. So Zelensky
1: is patched in from some fucking green screen behind a bunker in Ukraine. This is on the back of him and his wife doing a Vogue um, expose. Fuck off! No shit. They're in Vogue magazine, and Zelensky's wife, right? She's walking around showing off her Prada attire.
0: Oh my god!
1: The devil wears Prada, and so does Dzienz's wife, apparently. But can you imagine being one of these poor Ukrainians on the fucking front line in Kharkov, yeah. in a trench, and then there's this fuckhead mm-hmm. and his wife sporting off their Prada collection? Like the optics of that, yeah, must oh, I don't know. Am I insane who think that's in? Why don't you lay
2: out the scene for a, for 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 the the listeners a bit, Corey? About the context in which you saw Zelensky, like you know, like yeah. The, so the, you know, with, with with Julie Bishop chairing, I'll throw it to you and let you let you. Yeah.
1: Set up. Um. So through one of the um things that I subscribed to, I got wind that um he was being patched into the Australian universities via Australian National University in Canberra, and it was being broadcast to every university across Australia, um, and it was being chaired by the uh, inimitable. Julie Bishop, uh, who still goes by the Honourable, by the way, notwithstanding the fact that she's left Parliament. Um, but me, Julie, she was there <laughs> chairing uh, this live talk from His Excellency Mr. Volodymyr Zelensky. And it was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. Like It was this packed out. It was at the Octagon uh, Theatre at the UWA um, and a room full of you know, international relations students wearing face masks. And the first half of his speech was unintelligible, whether it was the link or the translator or a combination of both. You couldn't understand what the fuck was being said. Yeah. Then they throw it up to questions and they fixed up the link. Mm -hmm. And it became the worst advertisement for Australian universities they could ever (laughs) have dreamed of. I shit you not. Some of the questions were clearly planted. There was two questions that I recorded. One, this kid gets up. Because, dear you, Excellency Zelensky, um, as a disabled uh, member of the university and also a member of minority groups, what can we do to help um, other disabled Ukrainians and those who might be getting left behind in this conflict? <laughs> right, and as a you know a, a principle, I, I don't lie. you know yeah. I understand it, but it's like way to make an international event about me. How can I shoehorn myself into this in some way? Yeah. Second question. And this fucking bought down the house. Zelensky's reaction, right? He goes, uh, "This girl goes, um, dear Your Excellency Zelensky. Given Ukraine's win in the Eurovision Song Contest, <laughs> how do you think music and culture have a role to play in galvanizing support for the Ukrainian cause?" <laughs> right? And I shit, you know, I've got on film, and he just looks, and the camera cuts to him, and he's like. And the lecture theatre just starts laughing. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. poor girl at ANU. Yeah. Um, but then in the end, he's imploring Australian uni students to come and fight in Ukraine. They're all sitting there in face masks. How do you think
2: they're going to (laughs) go when they hear a fucking artillery shell overhead? Well, they've seen the quality of the Australian uni students. He figures that they're probably just... Well, fucking cannon fodder.
1: (laughs) 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 Send them into the back of a Bushmaster. They worked out real fucking well. How's that going? We sent them four Bushmasters.
2: They lasted about six days. How's the cognitive dissonance, though, as well, in the sense that, you know, like Ukraine and Zelensky are now sort of, you know, synonymous with, you know, like, um, you know, democracy and, and standing up for yourselves. And here we are... Referring to him as your excellency well, exactly the <laughs> sort of title That you give to someone like, Who's you know Associated with you know Like democratic principles
1: Right And it's like your excellency You need to be wearing Something better than A fucking brown shirt Oh
0: his yeah. wife is wearing Prada though <laughs> Is that Do you think that's all All like Theatre like, what he's dressed as, he's dressing down as this...
1: What, dressing in a brown shirt every time? Because when is a brown shirt in history ever conjured up some
0: imagery of fucking... Is he trying to just look like this down-to-earth? Is he, That's what it feels like. He's, he's trying
1: not- to look like a down-to-earth, failed Austrian artist who can speak really well. <laughs> that's my view on him. He And, you know, Ukraine has a Nazi problem. Mm-hmm. And there's so many documented accounts of... The Azov Battalions and um, the Right Spectre, oh, Spectre, Sector, uh, Subota Party, they are hardcore neo-Nazis running around that we're funneling weapons to. Mm. And CBS just uh, had a report that got pulled a few days ago because it turns out only 30% of the weapons actually make it to the front line. Oh, So <laughs> 70% of the weaponry ends up on the black market. Where the fuck's that going to end up? In the Balkans? Mm. You know, in some Albanian dive bar? I mean... <laughs>
0: <laughs> are we seeing um so cuz it's obviously they're funneling a lot of the money from america they're funding a lot of stuff over there it just it doesn't seem to be making it to where it's meant to um from what i'm seeing which uh if i don't know what the the whole and maybe you guys can talk more of the inflation uh, i guess story it's, that's what it feels like. It's a story. They're blaming the whole Ukraine war on the inflation. Putin's inflation. Putin inflation. But we could see it happening like 10 months prior. If me, I'm tweeting about the worst inflation that we've seen in America in the last you know, 30, 40 years, if I'm tweeting about that, I'm a fucking dumb cunt who sits here and has a coffee and talks shit on a podcast. If I can see that 10 months before they even go into um, – into Ukraine, how, how do they think no one else can see that? How do they think intelligent people can't see that? If the inflation was already there and now they're blaming it on the, the war, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there is some sort of um, connection. connection, but um, I don't think it's because of that. I don't think it's happened. Oh, shit, they've, start, they've invaded Ukraine, everything goes up. I don't think that's what the answer is.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, there was all that Russian oil and gas that wasn't allowed on the international markets. And then because so much of our uh, supply chains are based on cheap hydrocarbons, it cost push inflation. So as the price of fuel went up, Mm. everything else went up that was dependent on those supply chains. Uh, And then, you know, pre that, pre the um, war, we had or the stimulus money, get injected into the economy by Josh Frydenberg, who's now gone and taken a fucking job with Goldman Sachs, by the way. (laughs) Not (laughs) ten minutes after he's
0: left Parliament,
1: that fucker's walked into a job with Goldman
0: Sachs. Mm. Uh. It seems to be the case, doesn't it? So you see like people who were... uh, (laughs) Part of the CDC, World Health Organization, and they become board members at Pfizer.
1: Oh, the revolving door between public and private is a scandal, and it's so corrosive on the democratic system uh, because it's game. And it's like even like people like Ben Wyatt did it. You know, he was a West Australian treasurer, an Indigenous man, and then he goes and takes a job with Rio Tinto and Woodside, and he was the Aboriginal Affairs Minister, and he didn't refuse any applications to destroy a heritage site. It's like, fucking, Ben, if we can't do blackface, you shouldn't be able to do white-collar crime. Do you know what I mean? Like...
0: (laughs) Yes. I agree. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Um, What you two were both so good at when you were both on... Was predicting this year. Now it's not again. I've just pointed out if some fucking dumb bloke can tweet about it and predict what's going to go on, um, the intelligent people are going you know, to have a pretty good idea. You guys were both onto it and and could see what was what you were sort of um, what we're seeing now. And you guys spoke about these in both your last episodes. Well, what, what
1: was it? Inflation, war, and the. The decline of the West and the transfer of, of power um, to and the, the breakdown of the international system, which yeah.
0: is what you've both spoke about back to back, week after week, um, and it, it was like it just played out, you know, over the next three or four months. Everyone could see that. What are you guys sort of seeing now playing out over the next, you know, this year, moving into the next year? Ah, uh, mate, I
1: try and avoid thinking about that as much yeah. as I can. <laughs> I don't know, just the gravity of. What's happening before us? Um, and you know my, what I do with stand up. You're trying to find a light in the dark, and um, it's getting really dark. Mm. You know, and I don't think it's going. This is all going to get worse before it gets better. And I'm just so fucking glad I don't have any kids to worry about.
0: Yeah, and th- this is one of my Sorry. concerns. No, well, that's, <laughs> but that's one of my concerns is that I've I've got a daughter that in 20, 30 years is going to be living in in the repercussions of what decisions we make now, and I'm not talking climate change and all these sorts of things. Like, I'm I'm all for helping the environment. I'm all for making sure we lack a pollution. But obviously, some of the ways it's been used, it's 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 been filtered into the one percent, and they're using it to gain power and whatnot. Can but I
1: just interject here? And this is something that's been annoying the shit out of me. Is mm-hmm the breakdown in trust people had in their institutions, whether it be the media, the medical profession, government, over the vaccine and the whole trust the science, Mm. right? And now that legitimate scepticism and discontent is being harnessed by the the Fox Newsers of the world and they're redeploying that scepticism about science to undermine climate change. Yeah. And there's a, you know, uh, you see that online and I think it's really dangerous and that's why you get the sense that these things might be choreographed, mm. you know. It's entirely predictable how people are going to react. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but I just think that uh, and harnessing people's legitimate outrage and scepticism and who can blame people for having doubts about their institutions after what we've been through in the last two years. But, uh, you know, i really – some of the people who are, you know, prominent about, you know, having scepticism about the vaccine, some of the things I've seen them say about climate change now – Mm. Uh, I vehemently disagree with this idea that, oh, you know, Australia accounts for such a small amount of global emissions, why should we do anything about it? So hang on, we are the highest emitters of carbon per capita in the world. We're the most energy-intensive humans on the planet. We have a responsibility to do something about it. And this whole idea that, uh, you know, we shouldn't innovate, we shouldn't develop technology, we shouldn't be a responsible yeah. international citizen. That's the stuff of puftas. You we know, don't have like, to be leaders. You know, why, yeah, yeah, yeah. why should we be leaders? You no, know, why shouldn't we be leaders? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's the message I think we need to instill in the next generation is that like, we've got a responsibility and, you know.
0: I think both sides of the argument are being harnessed by the left and the right and used to uh, used politically. Really?
1: So I don't see the world on that uh, horizontal axis anymore of left and right. I, I just see it on the vertical axis of two sides of the same coin and it's just the illusion of choice that we've been given. Mm-hmm. And people still... you know, And it's... You know, I'm guilty of it. People still uh, see the world on that horizontal axis at times because mm-hmm. uh, I think most people still are living reality and looking at it through that prism, right, mm-hmm. of left, the and, left right, and right right. But yep. um, I think there's more and more people... That are seeing on the vertical access axis, axis.
0: Are you th- are you feeling that you can see that a lot more people are seeing through lies on both sides?
2: I don't know. I, I, I'd say probably probably not. I think what a lot of people are suffering from now is like a sort of a confirmation bias in the content that they consume, and I think that the media are really at knowing who their audience is and trying to sort of tailor their content towards mm-hmm. their or what they conceive as, as their their audiences, you know, preconceived biases or or positions. So I don't think that there is necessarily um, a higher degree of scepticism. I'd probably argue the opposite. I'd say people are just gravitating to what they already believe and shunning, mm-hmm. you know, really aggressively and violently the, uh, the, the, the views and the opinions of, of, of their opponents. So... It's um it's a pretty scary thing though, because to think that we might be living in a world now where we've basically got a bunch of people who are in fixed ideological camps who have decided this is what they believe and they're not going to be persuaded one way or the other and there's gonna continually listen to more content that's going to, you know, entrench them even further in those positions. So I think it's really, really scary. I think we another thing we talked about last time I was on the pod was, you know, um the the decay in like public in public discourse and this sort of brings us back to the vaccine as well because one of the things like I struggle with, and, you know, Corey struggles with as well is like I have an immense degree of like empathy for the messaging and the manipulation emotionally that was going on around the time of of, of the jab. I can understand why people did what they did and then mm-hmm. I think that a lot of them were appealing to people's best sort of um, – you know instincts and people ain't tried to do the right thing, but then on the flip side of it as well, it's like, okay. You might have been motivated by a good a good cause or a good idea, mm. but um, you know, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> no, you spot it because no one went out and got the jab
1: because they were malicious, right? Like people thought they were doing the right thing, and yeah. like you say, the the better angels were manipulated in a very sophisticated way. Uh, but what annoyed me was there was lots of people was like I oh, know I got out I got the jab to protect the community. No, you fucking didn't. Yeah. You got the jab so you could go travelling, you selfish yeah. fuck. Stop lying <laughs> yeah, to yeah, us. Stop, stop lying well. to yourself. And
0: that's not even an issue anymore. No, you don't even have to be vaccinated. There's certain no, you can't get in into:
1: New Zealand, or the US, or Canada.
0: I don't think you can get into Bali either. And it just I'm not 100 percent certain on that, but I don't think you can get into Bali. But okay, it's, it's, or it's, it's, maybe you can, but you have to quarantine.
2: It's that struggle of what, being empathetic but then also being angry as well. It's like I can understand why you guys did these things but I'm also angry that you're now just ignoring the way, you know, that um you know unvaccinated people were treated, the way that was sort of, you know, made to be mm. perceived publicly as the problem as, you know, and not caring about life. That's mm. the thing that really bothered me was this idea or this, this, this suggestion that I care about life less than I do or less than, than, than what other people do. That's just... Absolute garbage. Mm. You know, like we, we we all made our own calculations, and our, and you know, where do you draw the line on responsibility for mm-hmm. another person's death, especially in circumstances where there's real questions about um, you know the science that's out there. Well, this is behind where, it all.
0: Well, this is where communication comes in into it. Like the communication between Fauci, for example, and the media, and not answering the questions that. We, people would just like to know a very simple explanation. this is why you are incorrect when you make this assumption or this is why this is correct, this is why this science is. Just have these open conversations, these open dialogues. It would fucking rid the world of a of a lot of cynicism I think, but yeah. they don't have them Absolutely. they don't have the communication they don 't they just say trust what we're saying you 're too dumb to look at this that's that's the excuse that they used for the c d c not releasing the 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 data for the for the Pfizer uh, boosters, or the I think it was the boosters shots in general, um, the reason they used was that they said they didn't want the general public to misinterpret interpret the results, which were the results were not good. They showed that they yeah. weren't fucking – they didn't do a we f- want good job at all. We want you to
2: accept what we say is the interpretation of these results. Exactly.
0: We don't want you to say – we don't want you to look at that and say, ah, it's shit. We want to go, right, yeah, Now nah, just trust us. It did, it did enough. It did enough. That's basically what they've done. Instead of saying – how about even just say, look, hey, fuck, that didn't work. We're trying. We they are trying. They
1: can't because the way and how aggressively it was promoted and, and enforced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 they've got to carefully stage manage how they walk away from this now because to, ha- out, to have a proper concession mm. and say, we got this wrong and it was a mistake, mm-hmm. the political establishment is no longer viable in this mm. country or anywhere in the West for that matter. For something like of that magnitude to allow to have taken place, and people who had legitimate concerns—I mean, let's go back to Scott Morrison making himself the minister of fucking everything, (laughs) (laughs) right? This evangelical fucking troglodyte asshole in a nation of 26 million people. Signs a secret contract with Pfizer where we don't know how much it's cost. We don't know if there's any, you know, sovereign assets that have been put up as collateral. And in a nation of 26 million people, they bought 255 million doses. (laughs) Who's doing the fucking maths? And they wonder why we're broke. And we still don't even know what it costs. And we only know that part of the contract because it was leaked. It's like, okay, so the most criminal government in Australian history signed a secretive contract with a criminal corporation and we were asking questions about that and people go, you fucking conspiracy theorists. Mm. I can't forget the way some of the authoritarian personalities were revealed last year and mm. earlier this year. It's like I saw a side of people that I can't unsee and I'll never forget, I did a gig during the Fringe when I had to pretend I was one of them and... um you know, thank you to these Ukrainian hackers who gave us those great passports. <laughs> uh, fucking primo. Um, but I got this crowd going and I was just like, yeah, those selfish, unvaccinated, filthy dogs, they should all die. And people were cheering it on. Mm. And I just remember, like, was like, I couldn't break out of character, but I just remember like, my heart sinking going, Fuck. God, this is how easy it is. Do you know what I mean? When mm. you can manipulate people on on uh, mass like that. And people are much easier to manipulate in groups than they are on an individual basis.
2: I suppose what it showed as well is with, um, when you present, like, an extreme threat to the public, how quickly the public looked to their, to their institutions, to their governments to say, all right, just tell us what the answer is. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're afraid. We're the sp- bewildered herd, yeah, as fucking Bernays would say. Yeah, it was, uh, it, w- it, was very, it was very striking because there certainly wasn't a... Um, a uh, overarching sense of, you know, scepticism or, mm. or questioning. It was just like, oh shit, we're afraid, tell us what we need to do and we will do it. But I think it's caused a renaissance in, in philosophy and some
1: of the, I guess, public intellectuals of yesteryear from Nietzsche to Jung to Bertrand Russell. I remember reading something that Bertrand Russell wrote about, you know, fear and that it stimulates the herd instinct in humans and it generates hostility to people who are, aren't regarded as members of the herd. That perfectly captures what we lived through during the vaccine debate. Well, mm-hmm. lack thereof. Um, people regarded us with hostility, you know? And, you know, I got to a point where I was like, no, nah, I'm not wearing a mask to go in here. And the way people looked at you, mm. you know, I had a woman come up to me and go, can you please put a mask on? You know? And it's like, you, you want to blow up, but, you know, yeah. you're also... And these people are coming at it from a place of what they think is good as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the insanity of it. It was... No one was coming at it from a place of malice mm. or, or nastiness. They both felt that they were both in the right. Both felt they were in the right. Doing, but
0: the, doing the right thing for everyone. One
1: side has been vindicated emphatically mm-hmm. and another side has an enormous amount of egg on their face. And, you know, I can forgive. Like, we're all fallible and people were manipulated with very sophisticated propaganda and intense social pressure. I mean, let's be honest. That was like, I'd never lived through anything like that. I don't think anyone has.
0: It was the perfect way of doing it because it's so easy to say no to a government, but it's so hard to say no to your friends. Family, oh, man. Or I or had yeah. girls like bugging
1: me. You know, why are you doing it? Like, I can't believe you're one of the. I can't believe you're falling for this. You know, it's like, it's like no, I'm not doing it. And I've got good reasons to. It. They're not outrageous tinfoil hat reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are very, you know, thoroughly thought out. And
0: I don't think that they're unreasonable in mm. any way, shape, or form. Do you think. Had they approached the situation, and I, I, this is where you can come down to a point of whether or not you think it was intentional or not, but do you think they had approached it at the start with good intentions and said, look, we're fucking pretty scared? We don't know. We're, we as your government don't know what's going to happen here, so we're going to act in the most rational way that we think we can. This is what we're looking at as the best option. We don't know if it is 100% going to work, but this is our best option at this moment, and we will reassess going forward into the f- future months take this option if you want don't if you if you sort of if they came in at that with that sort of thought process that sort of angle would it be easier for them to go hey we made a mistake
2: yeah look absolutely because there was virtually no humility from the um, from from government and the medical profession when responding to this I think, like mm. people think we've reached some sort of like apogee as a as a species and you know technologically where' We can basically play God, you know. If there is some yeah. sort of new disease or you know, or, th- or thing that comes along that you know, we've got the 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 brain power and 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 the prowess to um, quickly come up with the solution and to get rid of it. But like, we haven't even cured cancer yet. Yeah, you know. So I think there was this 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 sort of this this lack of humility and people just you know, thinking that oh yep yeah, these these organisations and these institutions. Um, can solve this problem straight away rather than them coming out and saying, hey, this is going to be a really evolving, dynamic situation. This is how we're going to deal with it initially. But there's a lot that we don't know. And I think that actually wins trust with the public. But it's sort of one of the things of, of politics is that politicians, because people are always looking to them for answers, they don't want to say that they don't know. And it's anathema in politics to stand up and actually own your mistakes. When was the last time you can recall a politician making a big mistake and actually coming up publicly, and putting their hand up, and saying, oh, "You know, I, I, Kevin stupid. Rudd, I cooked that." <laughs> Kevin
3: Rudd was the last time.
0: Kevin Rudd, <laughs> dude.
2: I was, I was, what was it that he said?
3: He was like, I'm, "I kind of, I kind of feel bad. Hey, I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> I was so happy when COVID <laughs> first hit because I was like, they're finally going to get Chacloma, man. i got family members with curable blindness still. I need, I need yeah, answers. Yeah, well, this is,
1: this is the funny thing, right? I mean, I remember being in, in Port Hedland and talking to some of the Indigenous folks up there and I was saying, you know... like we're being told to take the vaccine, but the government won't let us look at the amendments to the Aboriginal Heritage Act. Mm. And this is after the response of the you know the caves being destroyed at Ducan Gorge by Rio Tinto.
2: Was this when it was in bill format still? It was in yeah. bill format.
1: So it was given to all the mining companies to look at and circulated it's amongst them. because they them. wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> but the indigenous groups weren't allowed to have a look at it. And they say, well, why the fuck should we trust the government? with our health when you won't even let us look at a bill that affects our heritage and our history Mm.
2: and it's a very fucking strong point Mm. just about every native group that's trusted governments and treaties hasn't ended too well but no Jamal's
1: so right I mean this is the only first world country that still has trachoma I mean it's a disease that's eradicated in most parts of the world but here we are a first world economy which should be one of the richest in the world but we have a third world resource management policy And we've got traditional owners who've got their kids still suffer from preventable diseases. Mm. It's a fucking
2: scandal. It's
1: an indictment on us as a society. John
2: Pilger's been talking about this for the last 30 or 40 years. Isn't this funny
1: though? John Pilger has to go on the South China Morning Herald now to get a fucking, (laughs) get a gig. One of Australia's most respected journalists has to go and talk to our trading partner and soon to be enemy uh, to have his piece. It's, (laughs) an <laughs> insane time to be alive, man It really fucking is That's
0: a <clears throat> I was talking To Delby about this actually Just before he left It is quite an interesting It's a, it's one of these times In, in our life Where we're going to look back In 20 or 30 years And you get to tell your kids Like I was alive I was I experienced everything that happened now It's one of the It's I don't want to go back to conspiracy theories But Um the whole Q thing said they kept on saying the storm is coming. And <laughs> the last two years have been the biggest fucking shitstorm I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything more divisive. I'm, and I'm not saying that's what they were implying was as, for the storm, but it's like that's what's happened. We've seen the biggest shitstorm for the last two years that we've ever seen and it's just getting worse. Yeah. It was, there I've was never a lot of
1: problems converging at the one point, point in history, though. I mean, uh, there's an Australian author called Sajid Das. He talked about it in terms of the banquet of consequences. Mm-hmm. And it was the failure of monetary policy. It was the failure of climate change. It was the breakdown of social capital. And all these problems converging and getting to a point where it's like,
0: you've got the banquet of consequences. Mm. Uh, the chickens have come home to roost. Because we're seeing people... We're pretty lucky here at this stage. We're seeing people in the states can't afford, like uh, I think Germany are turning off lights at certain times of the day. The night. gas rationing. Yeah, um, people in the United States can't afford to to buy some of their simple needs. The homelessness is, is just rising, and Australia is very lucky at the moment. But don't we, we can't think that we're not too far away from something similar.
1: No, I I agree. Where they go, we follow. Um, I guess it's just a question of how long. We maintain a because we balance the payments with, with China. I mean, that's really all that keeps this country afloat is the iron ore mm. and, and coal and minerals. Outside of that, we've got far coal. We don't make anything. Mm-hmm. We've got universities that, you know, we rubber stamp degrees for, for foreign students. But outside of that, what do we do anymore? Mm. We don't make anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen even um, even inflation has been posed as this sort of time theft have you have you seen this sort of idea or theory? No,
2: I haven't seen no. this.
0: in In regards to they've just slowly increased a lot of things. So you can look at the price of a house, for example, the price of a house. You know, the median price forty years ago, and I'm I'm going to have to just go off memory what it was. Let's say it's fifteen thousand dollars. I think it was for like a median average house um, price, and over those forty years, uh, it's now four hundred and fifty but the actual inflation doesn't equal what the price rise was. So the inflation of what uh, $2 would have been worth or $100 would have been worth didn't go up. It ended up being four times as much. So the inflation of a, a house price, instead of being um, like whatever the inflation was, again, I, I'm stupidly trying to do this off memory, but um, yeah, the inflation was, was not equivalent to what the actual price hike was. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, a, um, I probably totally botched that explanation. But you can see it
1: in everything, you know, like, from consumables. I mean, the only thing that's really stayed constant uh, in my
2: life as a consumer
1: has been the price of cannabis. <laughs> has that like gone an, up? an ounce has always been 300 bucks. Uh, well, There's
2: been, like, a fair bit of uh, variability in that as well, though, in terms of, you know. Yeah, yeah. What, your dollar buys <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, maybe we need to put fucking drugs into the consumer price index to formulate the inflation figures. You know, it's like oh, okay, it's not as bad as we thought.
0: Yeah, so I guess more so like the the house price, for example, would have been fifteen thousand, gone up ten times. Inflation would have been one hundred and fifty thousand, and the house got smaller. Yeah, yeah, and instead it's four hundred and fifty thousand or whatever it was. So it's gone up the four times what it actually should have. So that's that's uh, what someone has been. Coining as time theft, and they've just been slowly increasing it over those 40, 50 years. So you don't see that increase. It's
1: just that it's incremental slicing of the onion. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I think uh, this week marks 51 years since uh, Nixon went off the gold standard.
2: Really? really floated the, um- yeah, 16th of
1: August 1971, the Americans left the gold standard. Wow. And inflation's kind of been doing its thing since then. But uh, yeah, leaving the gold standard because the speculators were like, well, the Americans are spending more than they're making with the Vietnam War. We're
0: pumping so but much they money. They wanted to
1: redeem their US dollars for gold. And then there was a run on the fucking US Treasuries. Like, All right, no longer redeemable.
0: Mm. Yeah, because w- I guess using um, the stimulus checks and stuff as an example, that was that. – didn't they just sign a, another – um, what do they call it? An anti-inflation bill or something in in the states? Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, An- Inflation Reduction Act. What is that? Pumping another fucking? Is that? I don't. I haven't looked into it. Is it pumping yeah, more I haven't up, haven't currency looked into
2: in? it? That sounds like that's probably what it be like. What is What do they call it? Our quantitative easing? Yeah. Oh, the euphemisms. Yeah. The euphemisms. I'm
0: assuming that's what it is. Chuck another fucking seventy billion dollars into into the economy, into the system. But I don't uh, think
2: that's the problem though. Like I think the, the problem, especially you know the um, ordinary worker in the United States, it's like. Their minimum wage is something appallingly low. You know, yeah. it's very, very hard to work. You know, subsistence jobs over there, and this sort of brings us into the territory of, oh well, you know, um, how much should some unskilled worker really be paid, or is there an obligation or an expectation on them to, you know, upskill themselves and improve so that they can demand more on the open market? But I think we can all agree, you know, like whatever the minimum wage is over there, it's something appalling. It's like around like five. Or between like five and eight dollars an hour or something, it's yeah. not a subsistence wage, and that's where the problem is. You can give you know some, some one-off money to a bunch of you know people to try to pump the economy up momentarily, but if you really want to see the economy mm. improve, I think those lower rungs of the socio-economic ladder they need to have a a bit more to subsist off.
0: Mm. But I guess I, the only way people are going to sort of see that is by honest reporting and um, unbiased reporting. Which we're not seeing within the media.
2: Yeah, it's one of those difficult things. There's no, that thing is like, unbiased yeah, reporting. Yeah, no? exactly. You know, like yeah,
0: well, we said this with before, with like confirmation bias, you are sort of seeing what you want to see. You, um, you're reading into. We might look into vax mandates and see everything that confirms what we sort of felt, I guess.
1: And I guess it's not uh, confirmation bias is a problem, but I think what's become a bigger problem especially with the 20 years of data that social media companies have harvested is the ability to tailor content through the algorithm. Yeah, It's not just confirmation bias anymore. It's pure conditioning and feeding you shit that they know that you're already into or might get a rise out of you. Um, and you've seen it in a generation that's had TikTok. It's yeah. very subtle manipulation and as well. This is what the Chinese are doing with TikTok particularly Um they're making their competitors dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in China, TikTok videos, that get heaps of views of kids doing science and technology and engineering. Isn't and that incredible? Experiment. Here, it's some fucking idiot going up to a random old woman in a shopping centre and giving her flowers like he's some fucking hero. Like, fuck off. Mm. Get in the firing squad. No, that's a little bit harsh.
0: <laughs> but you, you're right. That's this the, is where we're going, that's man. That's incredible that they can change that. They They, they want the kids of their future to be smart and the, so they use their where the attention is to educate and to make them a bit more
3: or maybe we hate math <laughs> and we just prefer watching people jump up and down in bikinis man what oh, if it's what if it's not china what if we're just dumb cons? oh and you think and the as a society we've had it for too good for too long and so hedonistic there yeah. is i'm not saying that's what argument. it is i'm just no, there's saying there's parts argument. of that within myself that's that I recognise We
2: all just need Hardcore Chinese parents Who are forcing us To work our rings that's off That's what I said <laughs> Yes Yeah because yes. It,
0: Because at the end of the day The algorithm wants you To stay on the On the Platform that you're watching So they're going to show you More of what you want to see So you're right there In a sense And I'm not 100% certain That's correct But um, Yeah If if they want you to stay on their platform, they're going to show you what you want to see. And if you want to, if what China wants to see is kids doing maths and science and stuff, well, maybe that's a reflection more upon the actual children they have, as opposed to what they're tailoring their algorithm to show. But it's funny though. I'm not certain on that. The but Chinese yeah.
1: see the problem of a generation of kids raised on screens, like where the. We're the trans generation, right? We were raised in the analogue era and then we, you know, I guess came to adolescence as the digital era was
0: just upon us, right? started with dial-up, son. We started with <laughs> dial-up and now
1: we're here. Do you know what
0: I mean?
2: Um, it's crazy. I still remember
0: hearing it for the first time. Do 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 remember the very first thing do do I downloaded
2: do do on my 28.8k modem? It was Smash Mouths Walking on the Sun. Was it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have thought it was the Spice Girls or something. No, I I nah, my sisters playlist. had the CD. I didn't need to. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <mate. laughs> yeah, fuck. LimeWire, I used to use that. Yeah, Kazaa. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Napster obviously was the f- one of the big ones. They like got James t- Hetfield. Yeah, bloody James. Have you seen... <laughs> so I'd, we'll go off topic for a second. Have you seen that... Uh, tick, speaking of TikTok, uh, they're trying to cancel Metallica. So... What have people, they done? So all these people have discovered Metallica for the first time because their song was used in Stranger Things. So all these TikTokers are going back and they're looking at their past and see that they were pretty – they weren't great in certain areas of their life um, and have made some mistakes. So they're going back and trying to cancel Metallica. <laughs>
2: Well, they didn't like Master of Puppets being the <laughs> anthem for cocaine use. Yeah, they didn't like – uh, I guess they they pointing out <laughs> – But the
0: memory they're, remains. They're pointing out
2: certain things like
0: racist remarks and things. And uh, clearly prob- – and I, I have, I see some of the things they've done. Yeah, some pretty terrible things they've done in the past, but that's in the, in the past. They're completely different people now. You know, he's rehabilitated himself as, um, as a drug addict and – you know, um, just trying to cancel Metallica. Good luck. We romanticize
3: <laughs> yeah. the tortured artists and sort of push them to that, and then when they do it, we're like, "That's too much." This <laughs> is the thing, is like, if you
1: want people who uh, have got no flaws, who've got no vices, who are not curious minds in any way, shape, or form, and are even killed, you're going to have shit art. Your music's going to suck. Comedians are going to be bland. Uh, it won't resonate with anyone because it won't, because it's won't come real. from an
2: authentic place yeah. as well. It's what like the artist's strength is is you know it connects with people because you go into yourself. It's an honest expression of something that you've been through, mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's very relatable. Like you're not the only one who's gone through something like that. So you know, we need that sort of you know like inner integrity in order to produce
0: good art. That's how I feel, and it's not art, but that's how I feel about this podcast. For example, we can say, I could say a hundred wrong things today and then go back in three months and look, listen to it and go, fuck, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was right, that was right. But this, that's how I felt at the time, and that was my honest expression of how I was feeling. Um, to, I guess to ridicule, ridicule people for those honest feelings and honest emotions and, and and always trying to be perfectionists, trying to get everything right, you have to be able to make... You know, we're just having Thank the stakes.
2: conversation, like no one, mm. no one sitting here is, you know, saying that they are the, you know, uh, ultimate arbiter or repository of truth and wisdom. Wow. <laughs> I <guess we're> <laughs> I I say,
1: no one is the ultimate suppository of wisdom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> did I say repository or suppository? Did I get a Freudian slip in there? No, I think you said repository. <laughs> yeah, I thought I did too. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, mate. Fauci thinks certainly thinks he is the science and the New Zealand government. They said we are your one source. We are everything we say Isn't is correct. Isn't
1: that so concerned. I'll tell you what, I don't think anyone has done more damage to the brand of progressive politics than Jacinda Ardern, mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau, oh, yeah. Daniel Andrews and Mark McGowan. Between them, they're, they're the quad of discontent and destruction of working class politics. Mm. They have a lot to answer and I think and I don't say this with any glee or happiness but I think when those people leave office they will have to look over their shoulders for the rest of their life
4: oh, that's the
1: amount of anger and hurt and dare I say hate that's floating around Trudeau the can't walk down the street at the moment that's why they had to fly to Costa Rica so he doesn't have to wear a mask anyway. wouldn't it be that?
2: ironic if Trudeau got ran over by a truck <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh fuck No, no. This is what 2022 and 2023 needs is ironic deaths.
0: Oh, my God. Trudeau
1: gets hit by a truck. Yeah. I don't know. McGowan. We live in the age of cognitive dissonance, though. No one would appreciate it. Oh, (laughs) gosh. I just want every Australian, though, to have a lump of coal in a footy sock and let Scott Morrison do the walk of shame around the nation and everyone gets a hit. Yeah. Just... (laughs) I can't believe we are governed by this level of incompetence. And, you know, I'm no fan of the modern Labor Party. They're like that girl you love that always cheats on your right. But what they have walked into in a budgetary sense, I mean, I think they knew they were walking into a house fire. Yeah. But they've gone in and going. oh, no, this is actually a fucking bushfire. Yeah. The, the books have been cooked far more than we anticipated and the country's broke. How do you break the news to people like that? Mm. It's got to be very uh, measured Because you can't frighten fuck
0: out well, you're, not, you're not allowed to break that sort of news these days mm. You go to um, well,
1: Remember uh, 2008 Lehman Brothers The day before the collapsed said we are in a strong position With our capital and liquidity <laughs> And collateral and whatever They went out and assured everyone That everything was fine Knowing that it was about to fucking implode mm. uh,
0: Yeah um, Something else I wanted to chat to you guys about <clears throat> Julian Assange The extradition um, oh, yeah. I don't know where you guys are at when it comes to... I'm sure, uh, Corey, you're pretty up-to-date on what's going on there, but uh, he's been extradited now, hey? Or he's lost no, the extradition?
1: No. almost there. Mm-hmm. Almost there, yeah. So well, it's been signed off by pretty Patel, I think, who's the foreign minister, but he's still got a couple of
2: legal avenues of appeals. He's got an source. appeal pending currently, but whether or not the appeal goes ahead... I think it's um it's a threshold question like the, the highest court in the UK the High Court's got to actually accept the appeal first. It's like yeah, I'm not sure what, what the technical term, but it'd be similar to like having to get leave to appeal to Is the this High Court here. So I think that decision's gonna be made in September. Mm-hmm. Um and if the High Court refuses to hear that appeal, then he will be extradited. Uh, in my understanding, in the guts of the appeal that's being what's pending before the High Court currently. It's challenging the first instance decision which ruled that Julian was not being politically persecuted under um, the relevant Extradition Act, which under that Extradition Act between the United States and the UK is a defence to extradition. So if the courts of the opinion that you're being um, politically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Persecuted. uh, Persecuted, then... They can say no we're not going to extradite him because it'd be an improper exercise of the extradition power but okay. so but whether or not we even get to hear that appeal depends on what decision the high court takes and i'm not filled with very much optimism
4: mm.
2: um that they're going to um, grant that appeal so it's looking pretty grim uh for julian and it's been very disappointing as well i suppose um what's happened with the change of government as well i know Albanese taken a sort of a stance, saying, "Well, it's a it's a sensitive issue that needs to be done behind closed doors and through diplomatic back channels." But that doesn't really inspire much faith no. in the population because you don't get to see any of that of what's actually occurring. So, are they actually pressing hard, or are they just doing what they're told and being being lap dogs? So, um, I'm terrified about what's going to happen to Julian, and I think that he's probably going to end up in a U.S. supermax prison and. Uh, the greatest journalist of um, modern times is going to be uh, made a martyr of... It's, mm. it's the death now
1: of Western civilisations because free speech, all other rights stem from free speech. That's the core right, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've seen the attack on Salman Rushdie this week. But mm. I just wanted to Yeah yeah I So yeah. you know Facebook memories You know What a fucking great thing they are To yep. remind you of what you said And where you were Yep uh, 17th of August 2013 I'm flying into Heathrow right mm-hmm. Immigration official says to me So How long are you in the UK for? Eight days mm. What's the nature of your stay here? Mate I'm actually just here To bust out Julian Assange From the Ecuadorian embassy And take him home And he goes What you're a comedian or something <laughs>
4: uh,
1: And got searched At every
0: fucking airport Ever since <laughs> Classic. That's uh, that is a good memory, I guess. At this stage, Actually, um, I think
2: the uh, Assange's lawyers and a couple of journalists have just sued the CIA, yeah, yeah. Um, and they won. Really? Did they yeah, that yeah, Jen Robinson
1: won in that European Court of Human Rights. I think they proved that the CIA was spying on her.
2: Um, I'm not sure if the uh, I think there might be a, a separate litigation that's been that's been started that's 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 connected to it. Because I was reading about it just the uh, this morning, but. Um, yeah, because apparently what happened was the CIA uh, got into bed with the security contractor for the Ecuadorian embassy, which was a Spanish firm, and okay. they were basically taking the the phones and things of visitors who came to see Assange. They were lifting all of the uh, information off those phones and they were listening to private and legally privileged conversations between Julian and his legal team. Yeah, And that fact alone mm. really should have been enough to invalidate the, whole, the whole trial because mm-hmm. that's one of the most sacred parts of the law is legal professional privilege your mm-hmm. your right to be able to sit privately with your lawyer bear your freaking absolute heart and soul and all the worst parts about yourself and have this person try to yeah. act for you in, in in your best interest so it's a the fact that that was ignored and that was totally it wasn't even glossed over in the in the I think the Supreme Court decision it was just totally ignored it's been it's been an absolute failure of the independence of the UK judiciary and history is going to judge that very, very harshly. And it's not just the judiciary; it's the
1: journalistic class. Oh yeah, the, the abandonment the, the, of the fucking been moral shameful. cowardice of that industry is shameful. And when their children grow up in a world where saying the wrong thing lands you in a fucking government jail, they can sit back and think, "How did this happen?" We all didn't say anything when Julian was taken away, and it's uh, the greatest stain on
0: this nation's foreign policy at the moment. What are they? What are they charging him? Or trying to prosecute him for? It's been charged Espionage under Act? the
2: Espionage Act, which was a World War One era piece of legislation which was designed to stop people speaking out against the war effort and reducing public enthusiasm mm-hmm. for the war. Uh, it was used, I think... It's been used pretty horrifically as well, well, hey? Most famously, when it came out, it was used against a guy called uh, Eugene Debs, who was a socialist leader, and he was imprisoned, basically, for speaking out um, against the war. He ran for president i think as an independent presidential candidate from prison <laughs> wow <laughs> funnily enough but yeah no so it was, it was a world one piece of legislation which was designed to um stop people trying to put a dampener on the war fervor mm. at that time
1: because was it about the war fervor or was it mainly designed to stop the transfer of
2: military secrets and espionage I think ostensibly you know? it was to stop Military secrets and and, and, and espionage Because the Lu-
1: the, Was it the Luxembourg uh, couple Who were convicted under the espionage Oh, and they Rosa were, Luxembourg No, oh, I can't remember the no, She was in No, nah, what was her name? Oh, the name escapes me now But there was a couple who were convicted on the espionage act And were put to death in the 50s Yeah, I, I can't Jamie, can can't. we look that up? <laughs> <laughs> <recall>
0: that, <laughs> I do recall it has been used in it was it, and I guess like a lot of systems and laws put in place. It's it's put in for a really a good reason and then used to persecute people who go against the um like the popular narrative or what they're trying the agenda at hand.
1: This is a problem though. Information is the currency of democracy, and across the world, we have a currency crisis. Mm. Because yeah. their information has been debased, Oh, and Jamie.
0: Sorry,
3: yeah, yeah, that's real. Right. They were put to death in 1953, June 19. Julius and Ethel Rosenberg.
0: Rosenberg, Rosenberg. There you go.
3: Atomic secrets to the Soviets. See,
0: <laughs> so, and this is this is what they're trying to do with Trump as well. They're eh? trying to hope they're, they're hopeful that something that bad comes across. Is that what they're trying to with the S? Because that's what I'm assuming they're trying to go well, with, I, with the espionage. I, they would
2: be or. They just want anything to stick in terms of the Russia stuff. Look, they've already tried it. Yeah. And I reckon if they were going to dig something up that was going to implicate Trump in terms of being involved with the Russians or taking marching order from the Russians, it would have come out already.
0: And why take, what, 15 months? 15 months? 16? Oh, the
2: endless prosecution its achieved nothing. And every time there's
1: been an alleged smoking gun, it's been fucking a blank. Absolutely, no, you just can't land a shot. I mean, he's the Teflon Donald at the moment, or everyone's throwing the shots has just got nothing to throw.
0: But well, the Steele dossier, for example, like there's was been, all bullshit, like not not a, just knowingly fo- fabricated and then pushed by the Clinton um, team a- administration. Meanwhile,
1: the, the the laptop story was, uh, <sighs> was like, maybe wouldn't that be fucking funny if the way they got to Donald Trump was through his son's laptop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and there's
1: photos of him smoking crack with hookers and got guns <laughs> to their head while they're sucking his dick. Well, I guarantee
2: dick. you that'd be like plastered across every mainstream oh, man. publication the world over. Unlike like the way the Hunter Biden story was suppressed.
0: So, oh, the, I, so the Hunter Biden stuff, that, that, that story <laughs> is, yeah, it's mind-blowing. The fact that, one, that they suppressed the whole situation. Two, that they think that the crack smoking and the, the hookers is the issue in the, that
2: laptop. No, it's the peddling of your father's influence. Exactly. Overseas. That's 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 the freaking thing. It's that, using that, that your father's r- you.
1: relationship and status to gain a corrupt benefit from mm. a country that is being stolen from since the end of the Soviet Union.
0: If your son is um, not corrupted, but it's um, leveraged by another country, that's not good. When your dad is the president, don't get
1: high on your own <laughs> supply. Yeah. Uh, fucking for. And I mean, everyone's got foibles, and you know. Bit of fucking crack And some hookers You know He wouldn't be the first White man in the world To have engaged in that behaviour But To benefit from that level Of corruption That's I'd never I
0: consider crook And I'd never Ever um, Condone someone For ha- suffering Something like You know It's a mental health Usually condition That when you're going Down those paths You know um, Crack addiction And and those sorts of things. So I'd, I'd never find an issue with that. This is why, like, when, when I've told people about the laptop, they're like, who cares? His son was a crackhead. I Fucking don't give a shit. That's not what I care it's about. It's also,
2: do, do you want your media reporting, honestly, about both sides of the political aisle mm. as well? Because that was the sort of the motivation. It was like, we're yeah. so committed to getting rid of Trump and we're so convinced that this is right and virtuous that we're just going to ignore this legitimate story about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden because we consider that he's a far more palatable choice than than, than Donald Trump, so it's like you know that's that's a massive betrayal mm. um, of and then the you, audience.
0: And then using that same that same concept of you know he's got um, classified documents, classified material. Um, And nothing happening in the same way to Hillary Clinton, who mishandled (laughs) thirty (laughs) thousand documents. Fucking kidding me? Do you know what I mean? Like
4: (laughs) we talk,
0: we talk about irony and um, it's immunity
1: to hypocrisy. Well, I
0: I think as as far as I'm aware, you two, as as former lawyers, would probably know better. But as far as I'm aware, like even mishandling of classified documents isn't even there's, there's a fine. That 's about it if you mishandle
1: confidential information like on a file that 's the end of your legal career
0: yeah so no, you'll be time, yeah. so you're, I think you you're barred from um, your positions um, you, you, you lose your confidential or your classified um, clearances but that 's it so that didn't happen to Hillary for whatever reason and um, that's all I think at worst that could probably happen to Trump, but I guess that could stop him from running for president is that what they If they
1: get something to stick. But I mean, look, everything that's come out of And I am no fan of Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And it's like people here, you have these conversations where you entertain the complexity and and context and nuance. They go, oh my God. He's a Trump supporter. You're a Trump supporter. (laughs) It's like, no. We've got to become non binary thinkers in this world. Things are not black and white. There are issues of grey everywhere. And to explore the grey with Ukraine, for example, oh, you're a pro-Putin fucking Russian apologist. (laughs) Or if you explore the grey with, you know, the laptop, it's like, oh, you're a Trump apologist. Um, No, it's just it's so much more complex than that. And it's insulting to people's intelligence when they're constantly fed these really simplistic narratives all the time.
0: I definitely would get put in that basket of being a Trump supporter. And I definitely would... I I I put my hand up and say I definitely support Trump over other contenders for the presidency. I think I don't think he's the best. I think I like the likes of uh, Tulsi Gabbard and a few other sort of people like that. And that's it's a female Democrat, like it's a completely different person, different fucking field. It, it, I'm not saying that Trump is the answer, but for me, when I when I have been looking at this whole Trump situation over the last or six six years, seven years probably running into it, was the biggest thing I seen was that irony, was mm-hmm. seeing them point out something with Trump but not with... With Hillary Clinton or with with Joe Biden, remember or their when they were talking
1: about Trump's cognitive capacity and that he's too old and senile to hold the office? Exactly. Well, Machina Joe Biden is
0: great.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden's walking around shaking hands with people that aren't there. So, or holding
2: lecterns that aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, yeah, yeah. ridiculous.
0: So that sort of stuff is what didn't. It didn't only. Um, it didn't only push me more towards like thinking Trump is a better option. It also made me go. Maybe um, made me start to question things like this is this is bigger this is more like a this is a cons- or like a conspiracy this is they're pushing it on purpose this made me feel media is aligned with a certain side and then that made that's how I um, I guess I probably I definitely two or three years ago was like yep Trump is the answer that's what what my opinion was I'm definitely not that now I'm definitely in that category of. There's no there's no right answer. Well, I mean, the,
1: the, the giant douche or the turd sandwich, what are you going to choose? I mean, from yeah. the, the South Park episode, but for me, I mean, and there's been a number of people who've made this point, like, I would have voted for Trump purely for entertainment
4: purposes. Yeah. Oh, dude, there's no denying that there's his no like, campaign denying.
2: and his his reign in office was... Super entertaining. Mm. Right. He's um. an open mic comedian who's grabbed the
0: entire world by the pussy. Yeah.
4: <laughs> 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 it was fucking <laughs> hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did, I guess as a person who was always against um, international war crimes, I did like seeing that the international conflicts lessened and eased tensions with certain... Who doesn't want to see tensions between Russia and the United States ease?
1: I don't think the Ukrainian war would have materialized had he got a second term. No, or it might not. It might have happened later on, but I don't think it would
0: have happened when it did. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's and there's, there's certain things that I I see huge flaws in Trump and his policies, but there's there's some huge benefits. But I guess that's the same with the left uh, in Biden. There's probably some pretty good policy but it's
1: it's not the left as it was originally conceived of yeah, right yeah. what's happened in the story of our lifetimes politically right uh, was the radicalization of the conservatives um and how they went from you know traditional sort of small l liberals to being these free market obsessed conservatives where you know neoliberalism became the uh, the rage and of de political orthodoxy. The, the political orthodoxy. And it was about, you know, no regulation, just letting the market do whatever it wanted. Mm. Um, but then I think after about 2008, after the GFC, the lefties that I grew up with at, at uni stopped being about um, seeing the world through the lens of socioeconomics and being solely concerned about identity when you're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, critiquing power. Um, and that's just not how the world works. Mm. It can be a very skin deep sort of it's assessment. It wasn't like a
2: systemic or a structural analysis, no, but anymore. It's like it was a, like
1: individual, like. A know. false consciousness, you know, like a pseudo intellectual ideology that's dressed up as sophisticated progressivism when actually all it does is divide people who used to be members of the same team. Mm. And who does that benefit?
2: The fucking status quo. It's a method of like personal public relations as well. You're just constantly sort of aggrandizing yourself by trying to highlight the oppression or prejudice of one particular person or group, so that you can, you know, broadcast to the rest of the world, "Oh, look how progressive and liberal I am," but I'm not really, you know, shaking any foundations of power or actually making anything better. I'm just like it's like a moral advertisement for myself. Yeah,
4: Mm.
0: yeah, hundred percent. The moral
1: grandstanding, and
2: then you know what's so funny about that is you can see that
1: in, um, like, people's social media frames, and it's just, like, members, like, I have a healthy
2: distrust of uh, authority and I got vaccinated. <laughs> I stand with Ukraine. It's just, like... Or even when the gay marriage plebiscite was on, you yep. know, or, like, the, 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 the rainbow profile pictures and stuff. Or when you know. there was the, um, the shooting in the Bataclan Theatre in France. So
1: everyone's, like, oh, God, we stand with the French. Mm. Terrible.
0: I've got a few viewer questions, uh, listener questions. Um, one, we, one we sort of uh, already... Uh, talked about, but we can sort of go back on it a little bit. What now, since the uh, the health chief health officer of Victoria admitted that the vaccine doesn't work? Where do we? Th- what do we think happens from here in regards to the public's reaction to information like that?
2: I feel like the public's already sort of started backing away from mm-hmm. the vaccination sort of frenzy that was going on. I think you know before you know it, it got here and we had the waves that we had everyone's terrified what's it going to look like when Mm -hmm. it actually hits but it's hit us now and i think uh, there's a huge number of people in this state and probably you know all over all over the country who haven't lost someone Mm -hmm. um which was what they were most most afraid of so i feel like people are just they're they're over it i think they're sort of they've backed away from it they've 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 moved on i think a lot of people feel like it's it's over and notwithstanding all the messaging in the media still about, you know, numbers and the need to take this seriously. But I feel like a lot of people just aren't now.
0: I guess the issue is we can, we can see 2020 and 2021 vaccine versus no vaccine and the numbers of infection were... You could see them anyway. You could see, They were in public forums. You could see the numbers were the, the same and you can even factor in that, oh, maybe in 2020 we're locked down so uh, that was less people out and about so there would have been more infection... I guess you could argue that, but the numbers are still comparable to the, mm. to the numbers of a confec- uh, of infection to the numbers of deaths. So even the, like, like the numbers of deaths and, and hospitalizations haven't changed either. So uh, I don't know where they go from here. Do they go, hey, we need – so this fourth booster that they're pushing on everyone and kids, they've just made it legal for six-year-olds, uh, six-month-olds and up.
1: Parents who are trying to get their kids into daycare – not being taken unless your kid's had the COVID jab. Is that happening? Yeah, and they're being black... This is blackmail, essentially, because the, the childcare subsidy is huge. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, I just... We just like,
2: well, if you can't have your kid vaccinated, you don't get the childcare subsidy. Every people, yeah, not everyone's got the the luxury of a support network who they can rely upon to help them with things like childcare. I just Some don't believe to use the state services.
1: extorting parents
2: with their kids
1: is sensible or principled public policy. Well, it just doesn't seem way. like
2: there's. It's, it's just a massive overreaction, like looking at all of the figures and the number of, you know, like very young children who have been, you know, like been killed. It's virtually non-existent. And you there's know. still no
0: efficacy research on whether it actually helps the kids. They're just saying, well, it's safe. They're saying it's yeah,
2: safe. Well, why give them to them if they're not really at a high risk anyway? If you they're know, not like a high
0: risk and there's no efficacy of it working uh, or helping them or benefiting them in any way, why would you? Yeah. I've, got, I've,
2: got, I've got two cousins who've both got Young children between the ages of sort of you know like um, you know th- three and seven—they've and all had COVID and they're all totally fine. Um, yeah, no and problems whatsoever. Oh, even
0: if they got sick, like a f- like a bad flu, like sick, they got sick. That's you know that's that's all I'm saying. But anyway. I think
1: one of the funniest things about what Brett Sutton said uh, last week, though, when he said, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, it's not that effective," there was just this moment across the general public going. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Tell us something we don't fucking already know. I mean, I remember doing a joke about the um, the vaccine during the Fringe, and now he's killed that joke for me because they've admitted it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but you know, better late than never, I
0: guess. Um, had someone just ask when are these two Garys gonna come for a wave? <laughs> Who's that? Uh, GM Tim uh, Timmetry. I don't know. Someone's oh, asking.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. When are you going to be able to let out of the house, mate? <laughs> <us know. laughs>
0: uh, Chokster Graham said, has Corey White ever been confused for Chris Pontius from Jackass?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Look and see, <laughs> oh. Party boy. <laughs> Fuck, that hurts. Party boy, wear your G-string in Japan. That is he dead? I think he's dead. No,
0: no, no, no. Chris Pontius is alive. You're, you're thinking... Um, uh. Oh wait, no, yeah, no. Pontius is he's party boy. Yeah, 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 he's party boy. Yeah. No, you're thinking of um old mate.
2: Uh, Bam Majiro. No, no, he's alive. Not
0: Bam. He's just alcoholic or fucking who's the other one? Um, yeah. Steve-O? No, you... no, alive. it was
1: Ryan. Someone.
0: Oh, R- Ryan. Um, oh fuck, people who know in their head right now would be screaming. Anyway, you're here, You're that's who you're thinking of. Uh. Uh, who is was Corey White pissed off since he was last on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> everyone. <laughs> well, that's funny because the next question was just, what do you want to know? Everything. So everyone, so everything. Um, okay, these are all towards Corey, sorry. Uh, when will Corey cut his hair? He's starting to scare school children. <laughs> <laughs> From someone's sums
1: Stop bringing your well, fucking These are like questions These are just like yeah, you know, yeah, these yeah. Are Statements ma- These are your mates Observations Hosting you and
0: Someone else just said uh, Tell us how fucked we all are
1: Yeah well look That's one of the problems I'm having at the moment Is um,
0: Does it feel inescapable To you? Like Where
1: else There's nowhere left to defect to It's not like we can go And fucking Become refugees In a country That's more progressive than ours like, it, It's over where yeah. are we gonna go? We can't go anywhere. Maybe in Scandinavia, they might have us because I think they're open to white people migrating there.
0: Are you more upset by the fact that we're just all gonna move on and ignore the fact that of what's just happened for the? I, I think what's gonna happen
1: is is like there's gonna be a massive economic crisis, which makes everyone's attention centered around that, and what's taken place over the last two years is gonna be swept under the carpet. Uh, because I think it 's in the interests of hmm. the people who have power to not let that issue be ventilated in public because I think the consequences of
2: certain things coming to light are explosive
1: hmm.
2: um, so I, I yeah there'll be an awesome movie. To Be made about this, I reckon, you know, like sort of looking at 40 50 years after. Yeah, it's already been the made the ro- though. It's called out.
1: V for Vendetta.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have it's you like, read the
1: plot of that? Yeah, it's like the government created a fucking virus that killed off half the population to usher in a fascist state. Yeah, no, I'm familiar. <laughs> it's, it's the plot and it's I set. I've never tw- seen
2: that movie. It's, <laughs> set
0: in, it's set in 2020. Did you know that? Is it really? It's set See, in that's 2020. A trip, man. Yeah. So it's set in When tw-
2: was it released?
0: Uh, like 90s. Late, yeah, ni- okay,
1: late 90s, early 2000s. Mm, yeah, and it's yeah. Natalie Portman, like. Clairvoyant uh, director. and Wow. Well, and you know, you see some of the clips from The Simpsons. Um, oh, yeah. You know, that's uh, where the, uh, Dr. Hibbert's trying to give Bart the, the vaccine. He's like, catch your leader and knock you later. <laughs> <laughs> And they're trying
0: to get him to sign off. Like, Actually, that was a waiver. Goodbye. Do you think. Because I feel like The Simpsons writers are just very smart people. And I think they just catch on to what's happening in, around within social structures and they just put it in within the, their, their episodes and then some of them come to fruition, some of them don't. Yeah. That's just how I, you know, like how they always say, oh, the future is, is predicted by the Simpsons, like that, that, that Donald Trump, for example, becoming president and that same scene of him walking down the escalator. Have you seen that one? No, you haven't seen the exact.
3: No. I think that was a, wasn't that a marketing gimmick? Because when I first saw it, I was like, "That's the perfect marketing gimmick." This guy's so smart, like recreating the Simpsons because it came out first. So you could have done. So that. do
0: you think he did it for
3: sure? Specific. I reckon he's smart. The fact that they smart, predicted no? that
0: President Trump was a thing as well. Anyway, it's just something you can see that's or that's not a, that's not predicting the future. That is literally just hey, he would have been in Trump Tower. This is where he probably would have come down from. And he had often su- suggested he felt like he could be president one day. That's just using your logic. Like, ah, oh, we're doing an, an episode based in the future. Pre- Trump did become president. Ah, oh, it's funny. That one came true. That's yeah. how I think. But it's funny. I mean,
1: even South Park have been yeah. so ahead of the game with predicting. the
0: geniuses. Again, the same thing. I think they're just attached mm-hmm. to the what's happening. They understand what's happening within the – well, it's awesome that's
2: used their, their 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 program as like a as a platform for you know cultural like commentary and analysis. And mm. that, that's 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 the that's that's why doing art is so mm. important. Mm. You, you know? said
0: that last time. That was one of our best defenses. Was
1: art one hundred percent? Because people are turning in this era of insanity and ubiquitous fraud and deep fakes. People are turning to art to give them meaning and purpose. Or make sense of the world Mm
4: -hmm.
1: around them. Um, And, you know, art is the propaganda of of truth and justice and, um, yeah, I think it's more important than ever.
0: Yeah. Um, Right, so is there anything else you guys want to chat about that you felt was um, important to...
1: Well, there's been some things happening around... We've glossed over Nancy Pelosi's uh, (laughs) little little fucking staycation into Taiwan. What the fuck? I mean, I was up that night and everyone there there was a whole heap of base motherfuckers around the world on Telegram just watching that uh, plane being tracked and there was F-16 scrambled and there was that classic meme of the couple laying in bed just... Watching is this going to be the end of the world That's
0: how it felt Uh, It it, it really did
1: have the end of times Feel about it What was she doing Oh oh, look can I play you this clip Yeah of course Um, This is from Nancy Pelosi Just put the audio there on the mic In I think it's the early 90s
0: Fuck mate And
1: she's gone to China in the early 90s (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, was there <laughs> No, nah, where is
1: Fucking i take too many screens. While you're
3: looking for that Did you see at the Commonwealth Games How they worshipped That giant mechanical Bull For yes. like 20 minutes Oh dude Wasn't dude, that satanic what? How am I not supposed To go Alex Jones Level freak out <laughs> Like They're spending A lot of money On this giant Mechanical bull man Yeah And I, I think it's fake I go there's no way I'm, Oh my god it's real Mate they,
0: have you seen it? Has any, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I like, didn't watch the... That like a trip. So it was this the like the opening ceremony stuff? Yeah, for the
3: Commonwealth Games. No. And it, like, the bull is bigger than you're imagining right now. <laughs> it's so massive. Really? And it shoots fire. <laughs> and it has a woman that has been displayed in, like, I I can't remember specific religious rituals of, Mm -hmm. like, the coming of end times. And you're just like, why? Are they doing this to just fuck with me subconsciously? Like, all these archetypical images hidden within a game.
1: (laughs) It's like the Bohemian Grove became the opening ceremony. It went on tour. (laughs) It's the open Smoke Bohemian Grove tour. And
3: I'm just like, wow, Snoop Dogg looks fucked. Yeah. Fuck yeah. it. Oh, oh, what a
1: shame. But this is this is Nancy Pelosi, I think, in 1994.
0: Okay. Visiting Tiananmen Square to pay their respects to pro-democracy activists slain there two years ago.
4: We've been told for two days now that there's freedom of speech in China. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man.
1: But, yeah, I mean, what a... Savage indictment on the state of that country. You've got a fucking seventy-five-year-old alcoholic with fake tits and more <laughs> facelifts than anyone who's probably ever held that office. That never gave her, it's her husband. Going in, in there, and <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, provoking that's a massive inside trigger. provoking the largest nuclear power outside of the US in the world. I, they're just playing games with it. I just,
0: I it feels I, or, it feels orchestrated. I honestly feel like they want it. They just. They want war. And the United they want States... It. They want it. Bang, they're willing to sacrifice some of their cities. That's how it feels. The United, it's so They've only
1: got fucking one card dumb. to play, right? They've only got the nukes. Yeah. They've only got the nukes. And everywhere else, the Americans, I think, have suffered from technological hubris. They assume that, oh, you know, the Chinese, they're backward, their engineering's not as advanced and sophisticated as Western engineering. We'll always have the, um, the technology advantage over them. And they're going to wake up and we are in this boat with them, right? Because, you know, we've hitched our wagon to the Americans and, you know, we're wedded to their uh, destiny now mm-hmm. unless something drastic happens. Uh, I think they lose a hot war with China. Yeah. I think they lose.
0: Well, it's slowly...
1: Everyone loses, but I don't
2: think America mm. exists. Just think about the logistical like, differences and the capabilities that they have as well. Like, I know US has got, you know, a bases all over the world but taiwan's just off the eastern coast of china like logistically how difficult is it going to be for the chinese military to organize an invasion of taiwan relative to a u.s response and you know what? what's the u.s response going to be are they actually going to put boots on the ground with their own troops or will they support it in the same way that they have with ukraine through you know money and, and weapons and things like that i just don't think there's any like real possibility that taiwan can Withstand nah. a Chinese it's, invasion? It's if not they to go that way Of course not. It's, it's, not it's done, man. Like it's, it's going and to it's to be so a easily uh,
1: able to be blockaded. I mean, the Americans have got Okinawa over the near uh, the north. They've got the Philippines, but outside of that, I mean, there's no bases really, unless you go to that side of Asia. Um, and I think the Chinese would surround Taiwan and just bombard it. And they'll yeah. take it. regardless. they don't care about the cost.
0: Now, when that happens, when I say when, because I don't, I don't think it's avoidable. Yeah, I think you're right. That's the that's the scary moment. That's the moment where um, I'm almost happy. I live in Perth, one of the most isolated cities on the planet. Not that I think that is a factor, um, but that's a, that's a scary a scary moment in time. I think, and that is the moment we live through where. Um, us as society will have to deal with a big fallout. Something like we—I we, never lived. Oh, we clearly none of us lived through Hiroshima, Nagasaki. But there are obviously big moments in time that remember that we remember. And I feel like something like that is when um, that is the starting point of something pretty. What I would—this is the
1: best case scenario for humanity that I can see—is that uh, there's a change. Uh, in 2024, whether it's the Democrats or Republicans elected, doesn't matter. But there's some sort of detente where the Americans and the Chinese get together and sit down and go, neither of us want nuclear war. Yeah, it's in no one's best interest. But Taiwan is not a core interest of ours. But we need to save face here. Mm. Let's, you know, do what they did with Hong Kong and have a handover period with the British. And, okay, for 90 years they're going to have this legal system. Um, and then it'll be yours. Then everyone goes away and wins Nobel Peace Prizes and we averted a nuclear catastrophe between two nation states. Mm. Um, I, but I just don't know if we live in the world anymore where we are governed by sane,
0: rational people. Well, look at what we've seen for the last two years. Some of the decisions that you just go, this is nonsensical. doesn't make sense. And then it, it creates further division, further Chaos. Do you know what I'm... It it feels in theme with the last two or three years. I'm
1: so over these, like, fucking influences with the hot takes that are just so stupid. (laughs) Like, there's a a famous mining billionaire who I notoriously don't like (laughs) who uses his children or one of his children in particular as PR and... Flies around the world giving statements about, oh, you know, we need to reduce our carbon footprint. By the way, I just flew here in Dad's private jet. <laughs> fucking suck that. Yeah. But um, I saw her say something the other day about the war in Ukraine that war disproportionately affects women. <laughs> now, this is not my inner misogynist, right? Yep. Like, but to say that war disproportionately affects women, how many of you were conscripted into a fucking trench in the First
2: World War? Mm. How many of you were on the front line? War disproportionately affects the whole of society. Like it turns everything entirely upside Let's down. Let's make war a feminist <laughs> issue now.
1: Yeah.
0: Fuck me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't agree with anyone trying to get. This is what you said at the start. Using their uh, with that Zelensky, trying to turn a global conflict or an issue make it about me. Make it about mm. me. Well, it's
1: the era of meism, and uh, you know mm. uh, the individual and happiness machines, I mean, I think we're, I don't know if anyone's ever watched the Century of the Self uh, of a series done by Adam Curtis, but if you want to go and figure out or learn about how easily people got manipulated and we turned into this train wreck of a society that we are, I think that's probably the best historical it's a good starting point for explanation sure. for people to get a grip on where we are at and, uh, yeah, what's the line?
0: All right, well, uh, final final bit. Uh, thoughts on the next couple of months and, um, and where you think we're going.
1: Hold on to your seatbelts because we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, go out, be kind, do good things for yourself uh, because I think it's only going to get harder to maintain uh, a state of contentedness or optimism uh, and I'm trying really hard and... I have my own battles with that Yeah Um, And I don't think anyone who Is seriously uh, Looking at the The state of affairs Can honestly say that they're not Mm. And if they are They're fucking stronger And better people
2: than me But um Yeah Yeah Look, I think everybody needs to go get out and purchase a copy of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations and start reading that because it'll give you the philosophical armory, I think, to try to make it through these difficult times and focus on the shit you can mm-hmm. control, ignore the stuff that you can't, but more importantly also remember that even your enemies, you've got to tolerate them and yeah. we can't, we've got to love them. Yeah, cool. Even though they don't want to necessarily come to the table and have the conversation the same way that, you know, some of us might, so... 100%. Um,
0: cool. I think conversations like this is what we need to have anyway. Like, it's good for... We generally, we just have a bit of a laugh and a banter, but it's. I think it's good for us to have a bit more of a serious...
1: Yeah, and I, I just... That's the one thing I'd like to add finally, is that we. it's never so bad we can't talk about it. Mm. Uh, and as long as we're maintaining a discourse and a dialogue... Um, I think that's really important, you know, there was a, a comedian, you know, like I have a lot of respect for, um, and he wrote this article in the, in the shot uh, earlier in the year where he's basically said, um, if the masks are off, the gloves are off, and the time for talking is now over, and I, I, he's a smart guy, and you know, I reached out to him, and I was like, mate, like that's insanity to say that, you're a smart man, Yeah. I'd like to know how you've come to this conclusion, let's talk about it, let's have a laugh. People don't want Mm. to talk. And the people who are afraid to sit down and discuss things are afraid that they might be wrong. And there's nothing wrong with being wrong. Mm. Being able to admit that you were wrong shows the depth of character. And I've got so much more respect for an institution or an individual Mm -hmm. who can sit there and go, you know what, I was wrong. And I admit that. It's the fucking key to personal growth or one of many. And I think that's something that plagues our society enormously Mm. is an inability to reckon with our own failings. 100%.
0: 100%. Um, it's been good without Delby interrupting you guys. <laughs> um, but, uh, Miss you, Delby. We'll get him back uh, next time. Uh, well, next time we get you guys on because it's always Fuck. a good laugh.
1: <laughs> Remember God's pocket, Del, when you're coming back.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, and I think for our Patreon listeners, we're going to chuck a little um, extra episode out there with um, Delby and Kyle having a little chat uh, whilst walking through a park for oh. about 20 minutes. So that's going to be interesting. That should get you giggle it? fest on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, as, as as much as the world doesn't look like it's in the greatest place at the moment, I am very optimistic for a hopeful... Um,
1: Hope is the last thing to do. And one last shout out. If there's any... Um lesbians out there who are looking for some you know high quality unvaccinated sperm i'm the uh i've got i've got the short kings in the superannuation fund in my balls this man is far more uh taller and handsome and erudite than me time to start up the self-managed fund
0: yeah yeah the self-managed super fund (laughs) of my balls and i'm just that beautiful equilibrium yeah,
1: well, you don't really want no. any more kids, do you? No, I definitely don't want any yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like having
0: yeah. the ones, so it's all good. But, yeah, cheers for coming on. And thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, thanks we'll thanks definitely get, us, get you guys back. So, Cheers.